Coming to you on some serious tape delay via a podcast near you. From that hockey hotbed of San Jose, California, it's Dudes on Hockey. He is now accepting callers. He is calling me Dude. And now your hosts, Mike and Doug. Hey there, and welcome to the Dudes on Hockey podcast. I'm Mike. That's Doug. Doug, you're a liar. Dude, <laughs> I haven't taken a sabbatical, Doug. You're you just need to shut your mouth. That's the bottom line. <laughs> Dude, I think sometimes your sense of humor, yeah, is a little cutting, and uh, you're a little over emotional, right? And it tends to rub people the wrong way. And if you want to talk to me about this, you can call me. Dude, we're talking now. Well, then let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Do you want to trade, dude? <laughs> you want to trade? Am I provoking you I'm, I'm, to get traded to another podcast? You're, you're, you're goading me, dude. Let's not talk about the two great Sharks wins. No. Let's forget about it. What? The, they the won Sharks, games? The Sharks have beaten two of the best teams in hockey at home, and nobody notices no. because Joe Thornton and Doug Wilson are having a lover's quarrel. They're having a spat. In public. <laughs> yeah. Dude, it's this really, is some it's really crazy, crazy stuff that's happened. Um, where do we start? Do we start right with uh, where the big moment happened? Dude, are we, are we going to drill off the pretense and, and stop pretending we're even going to talk about the games? We're only going to talk about this, aren't we? No, we're not going to talk about the games. At least not up front. This is, <laughs> I'm sure this is what everybody wants to talk about. This was everybody's talking about. Right. The last 48 hours, no one's talked about the Nashville win. Everyone's been talking about this because right. this is some of the, I mean, in Bay Area sports, you know, you've got the 49ers mess. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. And then now you have this, which is, uh, I think, a distant second, at least nationally. But this is still on the front page of ESPN.com. Wow. It is, and you don't see much hockey coverage get a, especially around March Madness time. Yeah. And NFL free agency, spring training, and this made the front page. Well, dude, can you give a quick summary for those who may not have been? I know we have some more casual hockey fan listeners, which we are very grateful for listening to this podcast. But of course, you know, there's going to be most of our listeners are going to be well acquainted with all the ins and outs. But maybe you can bring those of us who aren't fully informed a little up to date, dude. What has happened that has created such incendiary headlines and ill will? Well, and unfortunately, dude, I wish you had been there. I wish you had been there live. It's you know? so <laughs> funny. So as a backstory, I was talking to my friend. We we're like, do you want to go to Ice Insights? I'm like, those things always suck. <laughs> Nothing good ever happens at the Ice Insights. And guess what happened? So here's the thing. If you had been there, let's, okay, well, let me tell the story. At the Ice Insights season ticket holder event where Doug Wilson sits in front of the season ticket holders and takes questions, I guess he opened this one up by saying very candidly, I know you're not happy. I'm not happy. Uh, you can ask me anything you want. Um, let's go. You know? Yeah, bring it. And um, there was a question about Joe Thornton and removing the C from Joe Thornton and basically the future of Joe Thornton. And Doug Wilson addressed it in a way that we hadn't heard discussed before. Right. Basically saying that Joe um, is uh, an emotional guy. 
maybe a little too emotional. He tended to uh, lash out. Yeah. Uh, in Use anger. the words lash out. Lash out in anger at his teammates. And that it taking the captaincy away from him was meant to relieve the pressure from Joe Thornton of placing all of the responsibility for this team's shortcomings on his shoulders and allow other guys to step up. I think you you see the quote here. He cares about the game so much. The reason we took the C off him, he carries the weight of the team on his shoulders. He's got such a big heart. When stress comes on and on him, he lashes out at peel people and it kind of impacts them. The yeah. pressure and the stress I felt was getting to Joe. So... This statement happens. If you had heard that at the Ice Insights, would you have thought part B of this scenario was going to come? No. Okay. No, because so, we'll talk about it. It's a reference to a previous comment from last summer, which we'll talk about in a moment. But go on. So after the game, right? Is it after the game or was it Friday? I think it was after the game. Uh, yes. I think it was after the game. Yes. At some no, point. After the team's morning practice. So okay, it's Friday, so Friday morning. Next day. Friday. Joe Thornton is asked by local media about uh, the circumstances under which he lost the captaincy. And this is his response. And this is a quote. I think Doug just needs to shut his mouth. I think that's the bottom line. All I've got to say is I've been working here every day, working hard. I haven't taken a sabbatical. He just needs to stop lying, shut his mouth. Dude. That exploded this into a interesting comment from an interesting comment to an interestingly candid comment by Doug Wilson into a full-blown, you know, boom goes the dynamite scenario here in San Jose, right? Absolutely. So now, you know, the lead story, how fractured is this franchise? David Pollack writes, we get tweets from all over the media. We got uh, guys on Puck Daddy claiming victory because they said the Sharks were a mess three months ago. It, you know, it's it's all, it, this thing, all hell is broken loose. And the funny thing, is, and, and now maybe we should talk about the fallback. Let me add a tiny bit of context, which I don't know if it makes a difference in people's minds. But apparently Doug Wilson said this is nothing that hasn't been said before afterwards in reference to something that Larry Robinson, I believe, said maybe last summer or early in the season where he said something like, Joe has a cutting humor or something along those lines, and then you know people can take it the wrong way or something along like that. And so I think Doug Wilson is making the claim, okay, I'll just say that, that what he said was sort of a continuation of of that statement and it wasn't new information obviously everybody took it as new information was it, it it's new information let's not let's not pretend it isn't oh the larry robinson situation was barely a blip on the radar yeah right it didn't right. really get picked up didn't get commented on and i think this is a, the comments that were made were larger than just the captaincy there were also comments about um, how he talked to Joe and explained to him that they were going to go through a rebuild. Right. And Joe said he was all in and they shook hands and the conversation was over. When now we hear Joe Thornton saying he needs to stop lying. Right. I wonder what he means by that and how encompassing these lies, according to Joe Thornton. Now, we're not in the room, right? Yeah, we don't we know. We don't know. 
where the truth lies here, right? Of course not. Where the lies lie yeah, and the where first, the truth lies, the right, number, dude? The number one question, obviously, to, to me anyway, and I would imagine to many people, is what is he lying about? What does he think Joe uh, Doug Wilson is lying about, right? That's the number one question. What precisely is he lying about? And, and that doesn't necessarily mean... Uh, he's, you know, this latest statement was the lie, right? I mean, he said recently, for instance, in reference to Joe Thornton, I've never asked them to waive their no trade clause. Maybe that's what he was lying about, right? Because didn't Scott Burnside or somebody tweet today yes. that Doug Wilson was trying to move these guys? Yes. Yeah, so it, Scott Burnside on ESPN, and, and it was um, there, if you click on the link on ESPN's, uh, it was an interview that he did, I think, on the website. They had uh, an anchor person interviewing him just, I think, for the website. It was not on a sports center. Where in the conversation, Scott Burnside said, basically, it is a known fact yeah, it's that a- last summer, Doug Wilson was trying to move them. So um, <laughs> you hear someone like Scott Burnside say that. Right. I'm going to believe it, dude. Like, I'm going to. I'm going to choose to believe that because we've heard that a lot. Yeah. I mean, we heard it a lot last summer. We heard that Dallas was interested. And and I think we know that the guys don't want to leave. I mm-hmm. mean, and, and they don't want to leave for whatever those reasons are. <laughs> well, it, that may be changing, right? Because well, now Mark, Mark Purdy writes a column <laughs> saying, is this a ploy by Doug Wilson to goad Joe Thornton into leaving? And I almost wish we had him on the show because I would really like to ask about that. I'm sure, you know, he rightfully so as a journalist is reluctant to to do a lot of speculation about stuff. That's our job. We're supposed to speculate sure. with, with no backing information. But let's put the puzzle together here, dude. If okay. we go all the way back to last summer, we did talk to Purdy. Mm-hmm. And uh, Purdy was, from my recollection, fairly confident that one or both of these guys was probably not going to be part of this team moving forward but he also said it might not be over the summer right right mm-hmm. he didn't put a timeline on it but he seemed to be fairly confident that you know what Doug Wilson is saying which is you know these two players are need Joe Thornton needs to be the veteran presence as a you know leader and best player on our team for the young players to learn from um that doesn't really jive with a lot of the other things that we've heard yeah. around the league where they're saying that Joe Thornton and Patrick Marlowe are available, you know, um, and that either they haven't found the right deal or the the players don't want to leave, you know, mm-hmm. which they have full control of yes. and every right to. We also need to remember John Thornton's tweet from last summer yeah. where they he said – um, a culture created by who exactly? Remember, mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. reference to the locker room culture uh, on the Sharks. Right. Which I think when that happened, remember, we were like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, very interesting. Right? So I think it's it's pretty safe to say uh, this sort of feud or resentment or however you want to put it, not seeing eye to eye disagreement is is not a recent development. This has been going on a long time. and And certainly I think it probably got kicked into a higher gear when the Sharks lost four straight to the Kings. They got knocked out of the playoffs, right? Winning cures everything, and the Sharks lost in possibly the most public and and humiliating way possible, and that just makes everything worse. And in the result of that was taking the C away from Thornton and 
placing public perception blame yeah. on him yes. you know for yes. the lack of leadership i don't know if i disagree with that you know but it's hard to know i mean right. we're not in the room um we've certainly been on the record on the podcast this entire season saying that we thought a change needs to be made made to the sharks and we find it difficult to believe that that sort of cultural change could be could happen with joe still on the team well i i Let's I let's let's be honest where sure. we stand here. Well, but but I can't imagine that Larry Robinson is going out and saying, "Well, you know, there's some guys on the team that don't necessarily think Joe's shenanigans are very exciting or helpful." Right. Like and we're hearing there's a divide in the locker room. Yeah. We're hearing the guys aren't all on the same page. Yep. I mean, it it adds up, right? Oh, oh yeah. So I oh, think yeah. you can look at this and and go, "Okay, there's something wrong in the locker room." Maybe still, mm-hmm. you know. And Doug Wilson is maybe not being completely truthful with his players or with the public right. about what's really going on. So that's a that's a double whammy, right? I'm gonna dude? I'm gonna double down on my theory that I proposed what last week or the week before, where I said he's where he said he's never asked them to waive their no trade clause. And I said there's a way around that. By proposing a trade, but not asking them to waive the clause. You know what I'm saying? It's but like, why is the, then why is Joe Thornton coming out and saying he's lying? Do you well, think that's he's what been I th- asked? I think I think he would see that as asking to waive the no trade clause. But Doug Wilson maybe is taking a more legalistic approach. That's one explanation that I just pulled out of my ass. But then Doug Wilson should just like as Joe Thornton says, he should just shut his mouth. Yes, and just say I'm not going to discuss players. Under contract, which is what he normally says. Right. That's right. what he normally says. And for some reason, he's got loose lips this year. I think he's frustrated. And I think he's, yeah, I think he's obviously not happy with the way things are going. And I think he sort of let that emotion get the better of him in this Ice Insights. And I think he may have started that answer and then he tried to finish it as well, good. Well, the whole he, thing, I mean, it's, yeah. is, it, he is. Does, I, you know, I didn't think it was that incendiary when I first heard it. I mean, obviously, it's a revelation. It's a it's a thing. But clearly, the Joe Thornton kicks it into a higher level. And now it's interesting, you know, reading Twitter, which is certainly not a representative sample of Sharks fans. But, but reading Twitter and other things, like people are like, this is like turning into like a Conan Leno thing. Like people are like, I'm Team Jumbo <laughs> and all this crap, which, you know... I don't know. I am not going to participate in that because I, I don't think that's one useful or two helpful. But, I, you know, of course, I understand the frustration that 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 Joe feels about it. I mean, someone talks about you uh, in the press in a certain way and you don't feel like the whole story is out there. I mean, it's it's sort of an, a natural reaction to to say something about it and to react to it and to not be happy. So I understand that. And I certainly understand the sentiment that he should keep his mouth shut. I think Doug Wilson did nothing to help this team by saying that. He provided a a little more information to fans, which might make us feel a little better for about 30 to 45 seconds. But at the end of the day, it makes things worse. He only made things worse here. How about the inference? And I would encourage everybody to go out and read a friend of the podcast, uh, Mark Purdy's uh, latest post. The inference by Purdy on the sabbatical remarked yeah yeah that was interesting um reference that doug wilson maybe hasn't been as present as he has been in the past maybe he's not in his office as often maybe he doesn't travel with his team as much as other general managers do is the sabbatical remark a reference to that it is hinted that perhaps the players are disenchanted with doug wilson um does this go beyond joe thornton you know with other players on this team. 
I think it's possible, and I think you're right. I think there's a lot of shots in what Joe said, and I think there's a lot of references to other things. It's not just what he said. I think it's sort of boiled over, and I think you know my my theory, which is unsupported by anything, is that the line comment is not necessarily about what Doug Wilson just said. Uh, you know, at Ice Insights, and the sabbatical thing could certainly be in reference to the fact that Doug Wilson reportedly does not go to as many games away games as other general managers do all this kind of stuff. And there's this perception by the play by at least him and maybe other players that he is less plugged into the team than other people are. So, so here's the question. Okay. So we've done a lot of speculation about what's going on, which we're good at, <laughs> which are we love to speculate. What do you think this podcast is about? <laughs> so here, here's a question, which is something I've sort of thinking about more and more. And one, one person that makes me think about this whole thing, it makes me think about is Scotty Bowman, you know, and which is interesting if you've read about Scotty Bowman. The players hated Scotty Bowman, okay? They respected him, but he was not a loved coach, okay? He was not right. a coach that you wanted, that you ever went out and had a beer with after the game. Like, right. he was separate from the players, okay? And there were things that Scotty Bowman would do in front of other players. I don't know about the press, but there were certainly things that Scotty Bowman did that really made enemies in the locker room with him. So my question to you is, does this actually hurt the Sharks to have a rift between Joe Thornton and Doug Wilson? Does this actually hurt them? I don't I'm, know. I don't yeah, know either. It, I don't know the answer to, to that. It's hard to know. I think, it, it, I think do the players identify inside with Joe. You know, I think that could this be a unifying front? Right. It's very possible, you know. And, you know, going back to Doug Wilson's comments last summer, he said he thought that some people who are rather comfortable in this franchise needed to be a little more uncomfortable. <laughs> I, I don't know if we should be... Uh, well, that know, wish has been granted. Well, I, I don't know if we should be, you know, looking too deeply into this, that Doug Wilson has a blueprint of how to lay yeah. out uncomfortable behavior. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that this was a planned event. But certainly, you know, he has made the team's star player uncomfortable, mm -hmm. you know, and not just with this comment, but clearly it had been a series of events that has led up to this. Mm -hmm. Will this spark the Sharks into a run into the playoffs? You know, two games before these comments even happened, you know, they have been playing some of the best defensive hockey of the season. You know, certainly gotten some of the best goaltending they've ever gotten. Some of the best goaltending, and, and you know, and uh, there's a game you know that you're about to go see at one o'clock here. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, with the Chicago Blackhawks, that you know, there's no reason for me to not expect the Sharks to come out and play well today. Mm -hmm. Now, if they go out there and lay a huge steamer mm -hmm. on the ice after what's happened, you know, then I don't know. That there's going to be, be a lot of speculation. There could about be that. a lot of speculation about. Yeah, maybe these guys don't really want to, you know, put in the effort. But if we see the Sharks come out today with a 110% effort, you know, um, and Joe Thornton, which, I, I mean, I think he's going to go off today. <laughs> I think he's going to go off, dude. I think he's going to have a multi-point game. Um, you know, we usually see best Joe is angry Joe. And, right? and people have said that, right? So... Maybe maybe we dude, want angry Joe. I mean, maybe we want angry Joe. Maybe we want angry sharks. I mean, this is not a team that typically plays with a lot of emotion.
Maybe when he goes into Costco, we should bribe the tell you know the checker to give him crap, so he turns into Angry Joe. You know, it's like goes to Starbucks. You give him, you don't give him the latte with two shots. You give him the latte with one shot. The sharks angry. are swimming upstream so dramatically in terms of getting into the playoffs. They're already they're three points behind a spot. They've got a huge, very challenging East Coast road trip. Although they've been a better road team than a home team. The odds are not in their favor no matter how well they play. They're going to need a lot of help. They're going to need the Kings to take a dump. They're going to need the Canucks to play poorly. They're going to need the Jets, who are battling some injuries, to play poorly. I do not think Calgary is going to fall out. They have rediscovered their magic formula. Even without Giordano, they're playing very well. So I think you're hoping Winnipeg... Without Bufflin. Right? Without Bufflin, eats it. And that the Kings somehow, you know, falter. You know, mm-hmm. and and I think you've got better odds on the Jets blowing it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it's still three points, which is that's a lot. You know, and the, and the Jets, I think, have a, a game in hand still. So it's really five points that the Sharks have to make up with a lot of it being on the road. Yeah. So it's it's going to be tough sledding. But if the Sharks are playing with a chip on their shoulder and they feel disrespected. And they feel like nobody believes in them, even their own GM, disrespecting Joe Thornton. Maybe the guys are going to get on board and play up to their potential. We'll see, dude. Yeah. Is Doug Wilson a genius or a moron? Uh, yeah, that's the question. I mean, and and the other thing is, is that uh, do you think this, you know, certainly I think Purdy made reference to Hasso Plotner, the new owner, actually having a, some sort of personal relationship with Joe and... I mean, does this? Do you think this little outburst increases the chances that Doug Wilson is fired this offseason? Because that's certainly something that we've been talking about, and something people, other people, are talking about. I think it, you know, is one of the candles on the cake. Yeah. I mean, the cake for Doug Wilson has been baked and iced, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, you look at his, you know, track record over the last few years. We just look back at even the players that were just traded at the deadline. We talked about that last week. You know, he traded, you know, uh, two. A second and two thirds to acquire James Shepard, time again, and uh, Tyler Kennedy, and his return on them were were two sevenths and a fourth. Mm-hmm. That that's that's horrible, right? You know, the, he's trying to add to the supporting cast. He's failed miserably at that. Mm-hmm. You know, some of it's not his fault. Rafi Torres, not his fault. Yeah, right, right. That was a great move. You look back, what three seasons when he did the Scott Hannon or two seasons when he did the Scott Hannon Rafi Torres acquisition while moving out Clo, right? Yeah. Um, without while moving out Douglas Murray, who can't even play in the NHL anymore. Both those players, not even the league, right? Yeah. I mean Clo is trying, but you know, he can't play. Um and that looked like a great start. And then from there it's gone completely in the dumper. Right. Martin Havla, a terrible situation. Yeah. I and mean, he really blew it on that and and bought him out a year too late. Right. You know, yeah, really bought him out a year too late, had him rotting on the roster, not being able to turn over an EME, you know, and then this bungling of the contract situation with Marlowe and Thornton, who, you know, we could argue they should never have been extended mm-hmm. during the season because you remove the carrot from two guys who normally need a carrot. Mm-hmm. And now he's stuck with them and he's pissed them off. Right. You know, so, uh, and he's, 
And he's bent over a barrel in terms right. of trading them. Let's say Joe wants to be traded, right? Right. He controls the whole situation just like Jason Spezza did. Yeah. He controls or the Jerome whole McGinla thing. Or Jerome or whatever. He controls the whole thing. He could say, I will go to one place, figure it out. And then that team goes, eh, eh, give you a third. Yeah, we'll you know? give you a third round right? player. I mean, that yeah. won't happen. But, but, uh, but it does make it a lot more challenging than a situation where you can trade the player at will. Yeah, it's it's a it's a very difficult situation the Sharks are in, and the the interesting thing that I'm I'm also thinking about, not that I'm like somehow you know super loyal to Doug Wilson, although obviously he has done good things for the Sharks. I don't think anyone can deny that. Uh, the question is, what could a new GM really clean up here? I mean, all the things you just mentioned are still going to be in place whether or not we have Doug Wilson or we get Jay Feaster. Or again, or we bring back Mike Milbury as a GM, you know, it's anything that we do, the Sharks are going to be in this situation. And, and one of the things I know people want him fired and I, you know, really understand that, that, that opinion. I really, really do. But I am also thinking, okay, what would the new guy do different? What could he do different that, that Doug Wilson hasn't done this year? He's brought up new guys. He got rid of some of these guys that weren't working. Admittedly, he did not get the return that we wanted, that we thought he should be able to get. He didn't get it. But we are seeing guys like Tierney in the lineup. We are seeing guys like, you know, Hurdle in the lineup and Goodrow in the lineup. What, what else do we want? Well, I think what someone who comes in with no emotional attachment to these players, there's not the players he's acquired, not the players that he's brought into the organization or, or seen grow up in the organization. He, the new person could come in and bring those guys into his office and go, uh, new regime guys, new day. And you know what? We don't want you here. Right. And, and right. that's different. Now, maybe yeah. now, we don't know what the lying comment means. I right, mean, maybe right, that right. has already been said, but... Um, I doubt it. You mm-hmm. know, it doesn't seem like that's the case. But that could be the new person could come in and say, you know, we really want to go in a drastically new direction. I know you've got no moves. We don't want you here anymore. Um, I'm going to make that known that we don't want you here anymore. And that puts a different situation uh, on the team. I mean, I, I think it's hard to rebuild on the fly. There's been only a few teams that have been able to do it. You look at Detroit. I mean, they've pulled it off, right? I mean, yeah. they've, they've pulled it off. They've kept Zetterberg and Dotsuk while continuing to develop these young players. And now they're able to be, you know, pretty legitimate contenders mm-hmm. again yeah. in, in the Eastern Conference. Whereas, you know, with the Sharks, will they be able to make that same kind of transition? You know, the younger players here haven't been able to step up, but they also haven't been given that time to develop. Mm-hmm. You know, they haven't seen the couple hundred games in the AHL that Tatar and Nyquist and you know Riley Sheehan got to see right yeah I mean yeah. so uh it's a different situation you're throwing in these guys Goudreau with like 40 50 AHL games under his belt and saying here regular role right you know instead of just being crappy with NHL you know journeyman for a couple of years while those guys actually play in the minors it's tough I mean what's the right way to go dude um we're in it right now. We know what the philosophy is. Play the kids and play them now. Uh, trial by fire. Yeah. And here we go. And we go. they've responded. I mean, they've responded in the last two weeks. Yeah. They've played, they've played well. It's true. It's true. I also worry about the, the damage that, that this sort of thing can do to the franchise in the eyes of other yes. players around the league Absolutely. and other teams around the league. Absolutely. You know, we've certainly talking, uh, talked many times about how uh, you know, the Sharks don't get high free agents and we usually make deals through trades. And of course, you know, players don't necessarily have uh, 
the say when they get traded to San Jose, but certainly you don't want the reaction to the possibility of playing in San Jose by other players around the league to be a negative one. But it's fixable. You know, I, I yep. think it's fixable in that, you know, um, clearly I think Joe Thornton bears some blame here. All right. Because of the culture in the locker room mm-hmm. it's not good. We know that. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. We know clear. that the players going to the oh God, I wish we could talk to Dan Boyle. Dude. I really <laughs> I, I want to talk to Dan Boyle so bad. I know, but he would never. Uh, no, know, no, no. Of course not. Not. Stuff. No, of course not. Of course not. I we just want to talk to him off the record. Totally. I just want to know, you know, what happened here? Yeah. You know, because um, I mean, <laughs> anyways, I would sign dude, a non-disclosure. Uh, of course dude. I would. Anyways. um. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I know. Uh, but it's like dude, all my children. You know, it's I like know. a soap opera. I, I, I do. I just want to know. But you look at the New York Islanders, all right? The yeah. New York Islanders, Garth Snow has sort of been looked at like Bozo the Clown yeah. for the last couple of years and some of the trades that he's made. The Vonick trade last year, you're going, oh my God, that's the stupidest thing ever. He's an idiot. Vonick didn't stay. You know, he's he's acquired players like Ryan Smith, giving up young talent. You know, uh, they don't stay. No one wants to stay. They trade for Dan Boyle. He didn't want to go. Yeah. You know, Dabakov, remember, got traded. They had to like basically beg him to come and play for him. Yeah. And then look what he did this offseason. He traded picks uh, for, you know, Letty and Boychek that have completely transformed that franchise. And they got those players because they had cap room mm-hmm. and they gave up not a lot to get two guys who now they've signed for six, seven year extensions to be the cornerstone of this blue line and it's been a brilliant genius move the sharks will have the cap space to do that kind of poaching this offseason yeah they will so the question is will doug wilson be around to make those and and will he be around and it should he be around right should Should he be be around yeah should he get to remake the deal you know here right do you do you bring in a new person get rid of doug wilson Keep McClellan or fire him. Get a new coach. Yeah. Make some major changes. You either keep Thornton and Marlowe and bring in some pieces like Letty and Boychuk to see if you could change it and ride it out. Right. Dude, there's so much unknown, and I can't believe we're talking about this during a two-game win streak, dude, <laughs> at home. I know. But no one else wants to hear about that stuff. Yeah. They want to hear about this stuff. I actually feel worse for this whole thing with McClellan. Like, McClellan's sort of like mom and dad are fighting, and McClellan's like the middle child. But but yeah. I think McClellan and Wilson are fighting based yeah, on everything that we've heard. McClellan's trying to keep this thing together, right? He has a different outlook. He's trying to make he's trying to get this team into the yeah, playoffs. He's trying to get them to win games. He's trying to get them to beat Chicago. He's trying to get them mentally ready to go on a long road dude, trip against playoff teams and win. I think his silence says everything. He's come out. I don't know. You if, can't. You, you, if you're the coach, you cannot take sides in something like this. You but, just can't. But I don't. He can't be happy with Joe Thornton based on the crappy locker room that he has. Yeah. yeah. And he can't be happy with Doug Wilson because apparently there's been a divide between them all year. Right. So this team is completely effed. Yeah. So like McClellan <laughs> just sitting there with a shovel, just shoveling all the crap. And maybe the anger and the frustration. And the lack of cohesiveness will continue to push them. You know, sometimes angry people yeah. are productive. Oh, right? yeah. Oh, yeah. And they want to show the world that everybody else is wrong. You're wrong. No, you're wrong. Okay, fine. Go prove it. We're not I'm a mess. We're not, We're not a, mess. a mess. 
we can do this. Maybe it will unify them, dude. Maybe it will unify them. We'll see. I can't wait to watch this game today. I know. Without Patrick Kane, I think that the Hawks are definitely vulnerable. I'm the most excited I've been for Sharks hockey (laughs) in in a year. In months. In a a year. Yeah. Since the playoffs last year. I am excited at this moment, and it's hilarious it's coming out of complete divorce. (laughs) Right? It's like, mommy and daddy are getting divorced, and I love it. I know. I love it. It's exciting. It's like Housewives of San Jose. Because either this is going to continue to spark them, dude. Right. Or... We might see some actual, real, meaningful changes coming up here in the offseason. Right. Because this boiling point that it's just been bubbling underneath the, yeah. the, the floor for too long, it's out in the open. You can't go back now, right? Right. It's embarrassing. This oh, is yeah. embarrassing oh, for yeah. the Sharks. Oh, yeah. It's embarrassing for Doug Wilson. It's embarrassing for Joe Thornton. It's All embarrassing right. for everybody. I mean, I'm sure, you know, every player now on the team, that's the question they're going to get after the game today. That's the question they're going to get after the game when they're on the road. When they go to some of these, you know, when they go to Pittsburgh and they go to these places, that's what people are going to be asking about. And these players are going to be having to deal with that crap all the time. And it's interesting because now this is sort of like, you know, a, a pooper get off the pot situation for the Sharks because you know they could it could it could spark them into this winning streak and maybe carry them into the playoffs given some beneficial results by other teams in the conference or you know it could snowball badly as well like this the, it could go start going downhill and it could accelerate do you think joe thornton he will not but should he get suspended or fined for this comment absolutely not absolutely no? not he came out and openly criticized the head of the organization, and called him, dude, he called him a liar, and he told him to shut his mouth. I disagree with that. I think he should be fine. No, no. The way the way to try and deal with this is you got to take the long-term view if you're Doug Wilson, and maybe you acknowledge to him in private that, okay, I probably shouldn't have said that, and the way you deal with that publicly is you say, he has a right to his opinion. I understand he's frustrated, and I respect that frustration, and but he's been our best player all year, and he needs to he needs to work it out on the ice. And I respect him as a player and an athlete. And the Sharks need to keep going. You do not. He spoke his mind in public, and so did Doug he Wilson. He just speak his mind, dude. He he didn't say, you know, I wish Doug Wilson hadn't said that, and I wish he would come and talk to me first. He said Doug Wilson should shut his mouth, and he's a liar. Right. And so Doug Wilson needs to understand that he had a big hand in creating this problem, and so he needs to take the high road in resolving it. Ah. To, to create more friction by, by suspending him will just make things worse. You can't take the best player off the ice when they're trying to get into the playoffs. You can't do that. <laughs> it's tough, dude. It's, it's a tough situation. you got to try and repair What if after friendship? the game, let's say the Sharks lose today, and they go up to uh, – you know, uh, Marlo's locker, although he'd never say this is not the right person. Let's see. Who who, who might say uh, something salty? Let's go back to Joe. Yeah. Right? He goes back to Joe's locker. And they say, oh, what, what happened today? Well, you know, maybe if uh, Doug Wilson had gotten us some help at the trade deadline yeah. and done his job <laughs> instead of, you know, in being in the tanning booth, that uh, we, we might have won this game today. Nice to have Antoine Vernet here, you know? Right. What if, what, what, how are you keeping the team it is inappropriate for the team to openly criticize management. I think that that I think that's inappropriate, dude. Mm-hmm. And and I enjoyed it. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I but I do think that now if you're not going to do anything about it, what's to stop someone else from popping off? You give him a freebie. 
I think you give him a freebie, and then if this sort of thing continues, you try. You got to deal with this with a light hand from a management perspective. Like not even thinking of this as like athletes in the NHL and pro sports and all this crap. If you have like an employee, right? I know you may not have direct reports at your job, but I do. And when you think about this stuff, if you're thinking about an employee and a high performing one at that, who is frustrated about something in their job, and you want to keep that employee or at least cr- keep that employee productive. The way to do it is not to see if you can deepen the rift, right? You try and stop the bleeding and see if you can create something. And you've got to set expectations with this guy. And you say, okay, you said your mind. I understand we're not seeing eye to eye on this. I get that. And I'm sorry that this relationship has gone sour. But we got to try and keep this thing together now. And if he comes out in the press and says more, that's when you start taking action. Because then the expectation is there. Okay, enough of this. Enough of this, like, everybody slagging each other in the press. Okay, I said something I probably shouldn't have said. You said something you probably, we probably shouldn't have said. We're even. We're equals now. Let's just move on and not make this thing any worse. And if he does want to make it worse, that's when you slap him around. It's tough. I mean, if I go outside with some butcher paper and some puffy paint and put a sign on the outside of your house that says, Mike is a liar and he kicks small dogs, <laughs> you know. I Well, the I dog don't... thing's true. but the... <laughs> I don't know how you deal with that. Like, would we be able to come in here and do a podcast? I don't know, dude. It like, makes for I mean, you have you heard the Louis C.K. thing on Mark Marin? <laughs> like the Mark Marin podcast with Louis C.K. when they had like an eight-year feud. Right. Well, I mean, that but, was like the best podcast know, of the last five I years. I know, but but those guys both understood going into that that if by sitting down across from each other, that was going to make some really great yeah. entertainment. And guess what right? happened? Is they patched it up. That's what you got to try and do. So you think they're going to patch it up? I think they got to try. I don't think they're going to. And I think it's on Doug Wilson to try. It's not on Joe to try. Doug Wilson is in the management position. Do you think they've talked in the last 48 hours? I would doubt it. (laughs) Why would you? Everything's going so well. Leave it alone. Leave it alone. Angry Joe. Leave it alone. (laughs) Seriously, I think you you got to let things sort of simmer down. Does Doug Wilson go on the road trip? Yes or no? I think he does now. (laughs) I think he's guilted into it. He's like, one ticket for Winnipeg, please. (laughs) <laughs> I'm gonna take Will he fly on the team plane? Yeah. Oh, it's his plane. <laughs> hey, Joe, you want to play some cards? <laughs> Pinochle? <laughs> oh man! Oh my gosh, dude, how uncomfortable is that? It's like maybe we can get Brent Burns to make us a smoothie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's got the blender in that backpack. All right, dude. I am so looking forward to this game. And then the Sharks go on the road and they face some tough competition. We'll be back next week. Talk about more fallout. Who knows? Who knows what we could be talking about? Let's keep the push going, I guess, dude. This has been the most exciting podcast of the year. (laughs) I hope everybody enjoyed it as much as we did. Michael, you're a liar. (laughs) And I'll talk to you next week. Next week, dude.